Welcome to the Colonial Church STA podcast. My name is Pastor Matt McClory. I'm so glad you could take the time to listen to this message. So would you stand with me and would you give a big warm Colonial welcome for Mia Fields as she comes to bring the word this morning? Come on. Hi, church. Thanks, Maddie. Um... You've already witnessed your first miracle this morning, and that's that I didn't stack it getting up onto the stage. So you guys can take your seats. I'm just going to open my box full of treasures. It's going to be like a magician situation this morning. I'm going to pull rabbits and things out. Thanks, band. You're the legends. Isn't the band great? I know people say that. I know that's a church thing to say, but I just love watching, like, Jeremy... And Chris and the team and just love watching their hearts, you know, and seeing their hearts for God, you know, and love watching them experience Jesus, not just trying to lead people in it. It's so good. Um, so this morning, oh, what time do I have till? Okay, great. Y'all are going to be here till one. Um, just kidding. Not really. I'm a girl. Um, awesome. So, um, first thing I kind of just wanted to share was um, I feel like I just got some words for your church. So if that's cool, I'm just going to share it. Um, I, I saw like just a picture of like bones breaking and I felt like especially um, over your church, but over you and um, you, Maddie and Jill, I just felt like God say a breaking of bones. And there's a, there's a season, like there's some operations that, that get done as a child um, to like create capacity or like correct something um, or make it stronger and I just saw for you guys like that like God say no there's been a season of waiting and then like a season where like in the last little season that you guys have experienced like a pressure and like a cost and a pain that you that you didn't you weren't counting on Um, and I felt like God say there's some things that like have to reach skeletal and muscular maturity before it can like be operated on and I saw like um, a breaking of bones in order to give you more capacity. And what I saw was actually a pigeon chest, like which in the spirit was like, you know, like God breaking the bones to give you more room to breathe, to give you more, a greater sound. And I feel like that's for your city and I feel like that's for your church, that like there's been a cost and a pain that has come um, later on, like, but it was because God was like, you're now at like a certain level of maturity and a certain level of spiritual maturity where I, I can crack this and give you greater capacity, give you a greater sound, give you greater everything. So I feel like that's for you, but I feel like it's for your church. And I saw, where's Bob? Where's he gone? Bob, I just saw for you like um, just like a lengthening like in every area. And I, and I saw, I felt like God say like this guy has like known the cost and the pain of like me doing something and what has felt like uh, like external pressure has actually been internal pressure but I felt like God was saying to you like the whole time I've been increasing your stature I've been increasing your authority I've been increasing everything on your life so that you will like look at everything with different perspective and that people will say to people will say to you in this next season it's impossible you cannot be in this place like it's impossible they're almost not going to recognize you because they're going to say no but I know you and I know like I know I know your whole life but you're going to speak into lives and it's going to be like like a scalpel that cuts away like in and heals and I felt like for you like the whole thing that God kept saying is like I'm changing your stature and I'm changing like there's a lengthening on the inside um and I do feel like it's about your spiritual gifts as well like God is like 
like pulling out the prophetic in you like you've never known before. Awesome. Great. Um, Cool. So this morning, um, if you've got your Bible and you just want to open to Hebrews 11, 1-3, I'm going to read the Passion Version, if that's okay. Who loves the Passion Version of the Bible? It's so good. If you're bored with the Bible, get the Passion Version. I don't know how you could be bored with the Bible, but anyway. Um, Okay, the Passion Version just says, Now faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire all the things that we long for. It is all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. So if you're after a title for the, this message this morning, um, I, call, I call this message Beautiful Story. Um, and it's less of a message and more just part of my story that I want to share with you. I've kind of found that like while, while I'm grateful for like messages that give me points on things about certain things, there are certain messages that I think you have to walk through and you have to experience to be able to talk about it. There's so much power in testimony. And so if it's okay with you guys this morning, I just want to share part of my testimony with you. Um, And it's the part of my testimony of an area of my life where I hadn't seen God move yet. So would you guys just pray with me and we'll get started. Um, So Holy Spirit, would you just fill up the space? God, Lord, for every person that has a need this morning, for every person that needs you to step in and do what only you can do, God, for every person that's that's waiting on, on something that hasn't been fulfilled yet, God, I pray that your Holy Spirit this morning would begin to release faith in the room, God, would begin to release um, your, your wisdom, God, your, your prophetic vision in the room this morning, God, that people would hear what you're saying and see what you're doing, God. And so, God, would you just anoint every word, God, and, and do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. So um, for those of you that don't know, my name is Mia Fields, um, but it's really done of it now, but because I'm married to this handsome man right here. Can you stand up, Joran? This is my husband. It's proof that God won't lowball you. Um, Crossfit. Um, So the best kind of stories always give you a backstory. So I thought I would give you a little bit of mine. So I'm 34 and um, about to be 35, look out. Um, And... I come from a really small town in Australia called Myrtleford and it's a town of 3,000 people and the two industries that are in that town is hops and tobacco. So it's a town that is doing things, not really. Um, But like when I was little, like one of my biggest dreams was to be the hops and tobacco timber festival queen and that was basically you just got to ride a float through town. Um, I'm the third born of triplets. So I always had two clones that were a little bit more talented me, than me and a little bit better looking than me. And, um, and so for a really young age, I really had to go after my identity because I was a clone. And I would hear messages like, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. And I would think that's not true. That's lies. Um, because I'm like, what clones? I, that's not fair. Um, but from a young age, I, I started to really go after, like, God, what do you have for me? Because I don't want to just be like a copy of someone else. I don't want to just have giftings that are a little bit less, like, less impressive as my sisters. Because my sisters, like, Jerome will tell you, he met them for the first time at this Christmas, and he, they were, like, tap dancing on the table. They're amazing. Um, so, like, from a really young age, I, I started to say to God, like, God, like, what do you have for me? 
And I, and I realised, like for me, I, I realised from a young age I had this gift of faith because everything I would like hear and everything that God would say to me, I would just be super convinced about. I started writing um, letters from a really young age to God saying, God, one day I want to write songs that go all over the world. One day I want to I tell people about what you're like. One day I want people to know the God that I know. And it's amazing because that's exactly what God did. And I was like the fat kid that played the tuba. Like I was like super unpopular at school. It was like, like my sisters were on the top of the food chain and I was on the bottom. It was like the Jehovah's Witness kid, then me, then everybody else. <laughs> but I learned the power of like leaning into like worship and leaning into like declaring things over my life. And so, like, I remember at, like, 12, 13, 14 years old, my mum still has these letters of, of, that, that, like, say over and over again, God, one day I'm going to write songs that go all over the world. And I moved to Sydney when I was 17 and I began to write songs. And I began to, like, see these songs start to, like, go to places that I never thought that they would go. And fast forward 10 years later, I, I start to say to people, I'm going to move to Nashville and God's going to do bigger things with me there than he's doing here, which was like an, an unreal concept because people were like, but like you're part of this amazing church like that's got songs going all over the world. How, like why would you ever leave? Like it's so comfortable for you here. And I thought, yeah, but like I know what God said. So I started to believe things like, well, God, even though I'm, I'm, I'm going from something to nothing, you're still going to do something amazing. And I came and in five years, God, God ran circles around what he'd done in 10 years in Sydney. And so I'd seen God move in every single area of my life. You know, we grew up very, very, um, very poor. We lived in my mum's car for six months. We lived in a women's refuge. I was like fostered out as a kid. And I like had really believed that I wasn't going to live in poverty. And I, and I began to like declare things over my life and began to like, like be generous. You know, it's the one area of the Bible where God says, test me, you know. And so I began to be generous and began to see like massive breakthrough in like my finance to the point where I said, God, I want to be able to bless my family. And I look now and I go, wow, like God has like fully like moved so powerfully in that area in an industry like where everyone says, you know, for me, like in, in the town I live in, everybody's like, chomping at the bit for their next check and I, I just we don't live in fear about finance at all so I've seen God move in every single area of my life and there was this one area like that I hadn't seen God move in and it was in in the area of um of finding the right person like to marry in in that particular area the only thing I'd ever known is disappointment um I was one of those people that like was happy for everybody else to date but for me I was like no I think God's going to do something with me and and I would kind of date someone for a month and have no, like, no peace about it and then bail and then, like, be, like, single for five years again, which doesn't really work because you end up, like, getting older and older. And so then I moved to the south and in Christian years I'm, like, I'm like 31. Well, I was 32 at the time or 30. And then, but in Christian years in the south in church, like, you're, like, 85. Like, <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, because people would be, like, Hey, hey, y'all, like, I'm 18 and these are my six kids and this is my husband. And I'd be like, oh, my gosh, like. And so, like, there, there was this one area, like, where it's, it's, it's difficult. Like, every person in the room can relate to it. It's difficult to say, you know, I've seen God move in my friendships and I've seen God move in our marriage and I've seen God move in our kids. But, man, we are still 
like it, it feels like no matter what happens, there is just this like block when it comes to finance. Or I've seen God move in like my finance and I've seen God move in my career, but when it comes to my marriage, there is this block. And it's and all I've ever known is disappointment. For me, it was like in like the, the, orchest- the God orchestration of like finding the right person to marry. And all I'd ever known was disappointment. And, and so this story kind of starts off when I first moved to Nashville and I remember God saying to me, like, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't even date until I was 22. 22, that's pretty old. Not really. Um, but I had this seed of disappointment in my heart because I, I think that one of the things we do is, like, we let our experience become our filter for things. And so for me, like, my, my initial disappointment became my filter of, and my expectation. I began to expect to be disappointed. And I remember one time, like when, when our church first started, we were in a basement with six people and um, we were having this prayer meeting and God said to me, Mia, I want to heal the sickness with no name. And I said, what are you talking about? And, and the Holy Spirit said to me, I want to heal the sickness with no name. And I straight away knew he was talking about disappointment. And I said, I'm not disappointed in you, God. I'm disappointed in men, but I'm not disappointed in you. And, and the Holy Spirit said to me, no, you're disappointed in me. And I said, no, no, I'm not. Don't you love arguing with the Holy Spirit? <laughs> like, who's, yeah, like, I'm really going to win. Like, um, and I said, no, I'm not disappointed in you. And the Holy Spirit said to me, like, Mia, this disappointment's turning into something else. And if you don't let me heal it, it's going to take you out. And I said, okay. And I said, you know what, I'm really disappointed in you because all I've ever known even though I've trusted you and I've done all the right things, what I would think is the right things. I've only ever known disappointment. And it's funny how, like, you know, we want God to move in our life and we want God to move the mountain, but sometimes the mountain's in us first. And he says, like, you know, let me move that so that you'll see it differently, so that you'll expect differently. Um, so he began to, like, deal with this seed of disappointment and began to, to, like, to change some things in my heart so that my filter wasn't that this isn't going to work out. Um, fast forward to a few years later and, and I started to like change my perspective and change my belief system about what God was going to do. And I remember instead of finishing every year disappointed, I would finish grateful like, well, it didn't happen this year. And just so you know, this is not a message about how to get a husband in five easy steps. <laughs> but it is a message about like what's the area in your life that like you haven't seen God move yet because I promise you he wants to. Um, and just because usually it's so funny, usually the area that has the most resistance is the area that you're going to have the most authority. Um, so God had a plan to outwork it anyway, even before I was believing it. And it's, but it's hard to see through a filter of disappointment. So my response began to change um, to thankfulness instead of and gratefulness instead of disappointment, instead of like, well, it didn't happen, I'm going to be like downcast. Um, I'm going to check out at the end of the year. And it's funny, like, don't you love Instagram? Because, like, it's, like, the perfect, like, test of your character. Like, I don't know, if you're, if you're like, believing for a baby, it's, like, it will advertise, like, ergos and things for you. And you're, like, this is, like, really mean. Like, so for me, I remember, like, being at home one night and, and, the, and the year finishing and, and like, scan, like, like, looking through Instagram or whatever and, like, this advertisement comes up for, like, engagement rings and I thought that is very cruel um but it was so random I you know like sometimes like girls want to say that they don't save pictures of rings and I want to be like that girl who's like oh no I didn't do that but of course I did 
And so I like screenshot the ring because I think it's so cool. And then a few days later, I decide, oh, I'm going to go see how much a ring like that costs because I don't really know how much like rings cost. Um, and so I, I go to this website to see how much the ring cost, but the ring was like a vintage ring. And so the ring actually wasn't there anymore. It had sold. And I was kind of bummed, but I was like, oh, well. And I forgot about the picture of the ring, but I thought, I remember thinking in this season where like God has like healed my disappointment, but I'm still in the, the waiting period. I remember thinking, you know, one day I would love to have a ring like that. Fast forward a little bit later and I, um, I'm standing in church one day and and I keep, I keep thinking, like, God, I'm going to keep trusting you, but, like, I still haven't seen you move in this area. Like, you, heal, you began to heal my disappointment a year and a half, two years ago, and I'm still in this, like, season of waiting. And there's plenty of people in this room how you, where you're in that place, like, this year, where, like, you thought 2017 was going to be it. You know, well, God, I've done the work. Like you've, you've, like, you've done this work in my heart, but I'm still in this season of waiting. And I'm, and I'm telling you, like, God actually wants to speak into it, especially today. Like there's before anyone's ever even said one word, before anyone's prayed, before I've preached a message, God actually wants to speak into it today. Um, so I remember standing in worship one morning and um, not one morning, we have church at night, so it wasn't in the morning. Um, so I remember standing in church one, one night and just no one prayed for me. No one prophesied over me. I just said, Holy Spirit, like I'm going to keep trusting you, but I'd love to know what you're doing. And you know the beautiful thing about God is that when he says, I know the plans I have for you and they're really good, he actually wants to let you in on them. You know, he's so kind about saying like, come, come check this blueprint out. It's amazing. And I remember standing in worship and like, and just saying, God, like, I'm going to keep trusting you. Like there's, there's been this, it feels like there's been this massive delay in this one area, but I'm going to keep trusting you and I, I'm going to keep wanting what you want. And I said, so would you show me what you're doing? And I had this, I got this vision in worship and I was in this massive furniture warehouse, probably like, probably about 20 times the size from what I could see of this building. And I remember seeing this massive warehouse and, and I feel this arm on my shoulder and I look up and God the Father is there and he smiles at me and he says, you can pick anything you want. And I look across this warehouse and there's like the most amazing pieces of furniture you have ever seen. And I look at him and I say, really? And he says, yeah, you can pick anything you want. And I, and I look around and I think this is not a warehouse, this is a storehouse. And like God smiles at me. It's like he knew what I was thinking. And he goes, he smiles at me and he nods and, and he says, go and, go and have a look at everything. And I said, okay. And I start walking around this warehouse in this vision and, and I'm looking at everything and I'm thinking, wow, like this is amazing. And every now and then I'll see something that, I'll th- that I think, yes, this is like amazing. This is for me. But just as I'm about to get to it, somebody else will get to it. And they will pick it before me. And I will feel sad. And, and, and I, will t- I turned around and I would look at God and God would say, keep looking, keep looking. And he would just smile. And it's funny because that's how I'd felt in like my navigating dating and my navigating like finding the right person. It always felt like somebody got there before I did. Or it always felt like missing out. And, and I remember going back to God and saying, just to clarify, how much can I spend? Don't you love girls? And so I, and, and he laughs and he says, you can spend whatever you want. And it's funny because like, I think 
there are certain areas of our life where people put limitations on us that God never put on us. You know, where people say, well, no, like, no, you can't, you can't have that kind of a ministry because, like, this is, this is your framework and this is what we see on your life, so you can't have that kind of a ministry. Or, no, like, you can't have children because, like, this is your framework and so, and this is your diagnosis, so, like, no, you can't have children. Or, no, your finance is never going to look different to that. When the whole time God is saying, you can spend whatever you want. You don't have to have, like, a limitation. So I end up keep looking, keep looking around, but the whole time, every time I think I've found something in this, this vision in this, of this warehouse, every time I think I've found something, I just don't feel peace about it. And I remember going back to God in this vision and saying, you know, if you don't want to do this with me and you don't want to pick with me, then, like, I don't want to do it. I don't want anything here if you don't want to pick with me. And I remember feeling upset, and it's how I felt in life. And I, and I, I start crying in this vision, and, and like, God in the true Father's True Father's heart just holds me close and says, you know, Mia, everything here is good. He goes, I'm actually the one that made everything here. I'm like the craftsman. I'm the carpenter. I'm the one who made it all. So all of it's good. And yeah, there are things here that are better for you than other things. But if you really want me to pick with you, and not everybody does, he said, I will custom make it for you. And then the vision was over. And I for the next two, like, year and a half, like, held on to this, this vision. Like, people would say to me, like, well, I've got this guy and he, like, seems like a good idea and whatever. And I would the whole time think, no, God has told me he's going to custom make it for me. Um, so that was in August of 2015. And I started holding on to that for dear life. And to be honest, I started telling people which I think when you're convinced about something, like you, you're less hesitant to tell people. So I started telling people, well, actually, God's told me he's going to custom make it. I had this vision. I think some people thought I was crazy. But that's okay. Faith is a little bit crazy. Um, and not only that, I started to like look for evidence that that was true. Um, I started to move in the opposite spirit. So every time I would feel sad or discouraged about like, well, it hasn't happened yet, or God hasn't moved in this area yet, I would just move in the opposite spirit. And I remember um, going to Sephora one day and, and being like, oh, I feel sad today, and like, it looks like there's nothing on the horizon, like, looks like nothing's happening. And I ended up buying men's cologne, because I thought, well, for, it's, for, it's for someone, it's for some custom-made person. Can I encourage you? That's like that. Like sometimes you have to do something in the natural that partners with your own faith, that like says to the enemy, like you don't get to like win in my mind. Like and so I'm going to do something externally that like that gives me something tangible to hold on. That says like actually no. Like I'm holding on to God's promise for dear life. You don't get the final word on this. This is already the final word. And so I ended up buying this little box, and I and I put the cologne inside the box. And then I wrote down the custom-made vision and I put it inside the box. And then over the next couple of months, I started, like, collecting things. Well, anyway, in November, I'm standing in worship and I, and I hear, like, as clear as day in worship. No one's prayed for me. We're in the middle of a song that has nothing to do with husbands. And, I am, and I'm just singing and I hear loud as, loud as anything, it's in the mail. And I am so stoked. So... And I start thinking, like one of my favourite things is looking at what the biblical meaning for different numbers in the Bible 
is because I love looking up like, well, it's this number and it means th- and it means this. This is what it's attached to in the Bible. So I look up, we're heading into 2016, and I look up like what 2016 means. And 16 in the Bible is the number for love. And I was thinking, it's in the mail, come on. <laughs> so then I go on to Restoration Hardware's. I needed some framework, so I go on to Restoration Hardware's website to try and find out how long it takes to deliver custom-made furniture. That's right. I will give you some framework, God. And I, start, and I look it up and it's like 8 to 12 weeks. And I think, it's in the mail. We're heading into a love year. Then I think, I'm turning 33 in January. And I look up what 33 means. And I go, 33 means promise, love promise. I know what you're doing, God. I'm getting a husband for my birthday. <laughs> and, I, and I remember like being so convinced about it and like, I ended up um, telling, I had these friends, Matt and Tanya, and can I just say, like, there's this, there's, it's so great to tell people your dream. It's so great to tell people, like, the promise God has given you. Um, but as far as letting people speak into it, if you don't have good fruit, I don't want you to speak into my life. And um, so I found, like, some friends who had some really good fruit in their life and had, like, had the great fruit as far as a faith walk. Um, and their names were Matt and Tanya. And I remember I was at their house and I said to them, told them the vision that I had. And, and Matt's quite prophetic. He's kind of like the prophet in our church. And he said, you know, I've got this vision of you being in London um, at Christmas. I don't know what that means, but I just saw you in London at Christmas, like, standing in front of, like, a Christmas tree and you're in London. And then that kind of like got put aside. Well, then anyway, January comes around and I'm thinking, yes, it's about to happen. Like, and I like, I mean, I start working out. I start doing pure bar because I think it's coming. (laughs) And February comes around and nothing happens. And I think, okay, it's all right. Valentine's Day is coming up. That's still eight to ten weeks. And Valentine's Day comes around and nothing happens. And it's so funny, sometimes we will give God framework instead of saying, God, what are you doing and how do I partner with you? Um, Well, anyway, I remember going to church and like the whole time going, I'm not going to be discouraged. And and, and yeah, it didn't happen the way I thought it would. It didn't happen when I thought it would, but I'm not going to be discouraged. And I and I had this thing in my spirit where I go, even though it was like kind of like childish to be like, love promise you, let's do this. There was still like this like thing in me that I was like, no, I'm so convinced that God is going to do this. And I remember Christine Kane came to church and she said, what do you do when you reach the promise but you hit a wall? And I was like, yeah, because that's where I'm at. Like God's given me this promise and I feel like it's like, it's like in the works and he said it's in the mail, it's on the way and so what do you do? And she said, you need to march around your wall. So I go home that night and I thank God, you said it was in the mail and I begin to march around my mail building at my apartment and I march around the mail building seven times and you know that like there was like some like creeper at 1am just looking out the window going, this girl is like crazy. Like she's marched around this mail building like six times. She's going for a seventh round. And I remember marching around the wall, like, I mean, like the, like, you know, well, my personal wall. I marched around the the mail building seven times because the whole time I'm looking for evidence that what God has said is true. And I'm like, every time I would face something, I would move in the opposite spirit or I would be like, no, I'm going to do something in the natural that, that, that partners with God and partners with my own faith. And I walked around the wall and, and I would love to say I then opened my mailbox and there was a letter there from a secret admirer, but that's not what happened. I opened my mailbox and there was bills there and I went inside. 
Well, the next morning, I got two messages on my phone. And I kind of had just confessed that night. I said that night before I went to bed, God, I know that like walking around a mailbox doesn't do anything. But actually, I believe in the spirit that it does. And I believe you were doing something while I was, while I was walking. You said it was in the mail, and so I trust you. And the next morning, I got two messages. And one was from, um, they were both from worship leaders, which was interesting. Um, people that I knew, like, one was from Jen Johnson and one was from Brooke Fraser. And the first message said, hey, um, we, one of the girls in our, in our worship team had a dream about you last night. Um, let me text it to you. And it said, oh, I forgot I had a dream about Mia Fields. I was t- attending a huge party and I think it was her wedding. Everything was themed teal. And I just looked up what the colour teal means and I love it. It means um, wisdom, serenity, wholeness, creativity, balance, spiritual grounding, friendship and love. And then the second message on my phone was from Brooke and it said, so I had a dream about you last night and there was a friend of yours that we were talking about who you had great love and respect for. The conversation went on for a bit and you told me you were going to get married. You weren't even dating or engaged but you just realised you adored each other and you wanted to do the journey together as one and that was it. And I thought, you know, so often we're like scared to step out in faith because we didn't feel pins and needles in the beginning. But then the next day, like God has something that's so attached to it. And the next moment, the next breath, God had something that was so attached to it to give me courage to say like, you're doing something, God. So I kept just looking for evidence of like what God was doing. Um, a couple of weeks later, I started feeling discouraged again because you have those moments. And I'm convinced that the closer you get to your promise, the easier it is to be discouraged. Um, it's like childbirth. You know, the closer you are to, like, bringing something into the world, the, the, the shorter your breaths get, the more intense pain gets because, like, you're birthing something. Um, so I was feeling sad, so I went to, like, Home Depot and I got all the colour, the teal colour swatches and I prayed over them and I said, God, you're doing something. Like, this is not coincidence. This is, you're doing something and, like, yeah, it looks a bit crazy but you're doing something. Um, well then, I, after I pray over these colour swatches, I get this card in the mail a couple of days later and this is what the card looks like. And before I'd even, before I'd even read what was inside, I opened it and I'm, you know, be it unto you according to your faith. Like, you can like water something down and, and like try and find the logic behind it or you can like say like you know what God you're doing something and keep looking for evidence of what God's doing because that's what faith is it's like looking for the evidence being so convinced and I and I remember like praying over these teal color swatches and then getting this card in the mail a couple of days later and before I'd even read it I just started crying and it just said my faithful Mia I just wanted to remind you that your custom-made design is on its way soon I love you always Jesus and yeah I could like I could be like, well, it was probably one of my friends and like, but you know what, who cares? Like actually it was them having an inspired moment and maybe, maybe them being obedient to something God had said to them. Well, a couple of weeks later we are um, at church and, and funnily enough they're preaching again on like the wall of Jericho and, and I remember like seeing like Henry saying like, you know, like p- part of it is the march and part of it is the shout and sometimes you have to shout at your wall. And I remember shout, like shouting so loud in church and seeing this vision of me standing on a stage with a circle table like this and a box like this and me saying like, this isn't a story about how to get a husband, this is a story about how to move in faith. And I kind of tucked that away in my heart and I wrote it down. 
Well, fast forward a couple of weeks later, I'm at my friend Matt and Tanya's house. I've t- I talked about them and, you know, I'm feeling discouraged. So we start praying and Matt gets this vision. And, and normally I hate marriage prophecies, like I hate them because I feel like it takes away all your free will. But this particular marriage prophecy, like he ended up saying to me like, hey, like I, I got this word for you and, and, it, and it feels like it's for you. And I saw this vision of your husband and he's tall, he's taller than you and he's got dark hair. He's like 6'2 or 6'3 and he's got dark hair and a full head of hair. And I was like, yes. Um, <laughs> and and he, um, he said, and he's, and he's kind and he, and he works in a government job. He goes, I don't know what the job is, but it's like a lawyer or an accountant. It's like something that has nothing to do with what you do. He works for government and he has a soft heart towards God and he will have a soft heart towards you. And I wrote these things down and I put it in the box. Well, we're still in 2016, and I think, man, nothing's happened yet, but I'm going to Israel, so I'm about to do some damage in Israel looking for evidence. So in May, I go to Israel, and I, um, and I end up, um, the one place I wanted to go was like the Sea of Galilee, because I thought those waves still remember what the, what the feet of Jesus feel like. Those waves still remember like what it's like to, when there wasn't enough, when there was a lack in, in a certain area, when you'd been like searching all night and doing like putting your nets out all night and catching nothing. It just took one word from Jesus to say like put your nets on the other side and this is the place that happened. So I remember like going to the Sea of Galilee and picking up a rock and, and writing marriage on the rock and praying over it and then going out into the middle of the Sea of Galilee and throwing it in the water and saying, God, you're going to do this and I'm going to leave this this prayer here where where impossible things have happened well sometimes like it's good like to you know my friends Matt and Tanya they'd said like well make sure you get some things to remember what God did in Israel because it can be like a pretty like overwhelming experience and I remember going like walking back from like the Sea of Galilee and going to this shop and um I had these friends the names were Angel and Faith which if that like I was like I was like, no, not part of the story. And I'm like, oh, the names are Angel and Faith. Get on board. And, um, and I remember like this jewellery store and I thought I really want to remember that I, that I went to the Sea of Galilee one day. Like it would be so cool to get something that every time I wore it, I, like, I remembered that was the day that I went to the Sea of Galilee and God heard my prayer. So I, I ended up like going into this like store and like Angel and Faith ended up buying this bracelet for me, which I have in here. Um, it's not a fancy bracelet, it's like, but it was so me, it was the only black thing in the store and I thought, that's very me. Um, everything else was turquoise and I was like, yeah, I like the teal thing but I'm not that into it. Um, and I ended up, ended up getting this bracelet and I, and I kind of thought like, oh, I kind of wish that I'd bought it for myself because now they've taken away from the story. So I thought, I'm just not going to include that in the story. And I remember lying in my, in my bed in my hotel and like God said, look up, look up what Angel does for a living. And I look it up and I'm like, yeah, okay, like menswear, I guess that's kind of like close. Like it's kind of like, yeah, I guess I could kind of tie that in. And he said, look up the name of his business. And I was like, and what they carry and what, what I've put on their life. And I look up the name of his business and it's called Angel Bespoke. And I was like, yeah, I get it, menswear, God, I get it. Like I guess it's kind of related. And God says to me, look up the word bespoke. And I look up the word bespoke and it means individually custom made. And I said, as you were, Lord, as you were. Um, so the last day I was in Israel, I remember being like at this um, market and 
while I was there, like, you know, I went to the tomb of Jesus and I said, like, you know what, I'm just going to, like, believe that God, like, God is in this whole trip and that he's doing something no matter what. And I, I lay my hands on the, the tomb of Jesus and I say, thank you that I, I don't have to be sad here, but thank you that I have an open heaven over me because of what you did. Thank you that, like, I actually have access to, to your plan and your purpose in my life. And I remember going to this market afterwards and thinking, oh, I'm going to buy, like, a ring, not like a, not like a, like a chastity ring or something weird like that but like actually like a ring that's that just reminds me when I wear it like like man God's doing something and um I ended up going to this market and I try on these rings and like I said man these rings are really big and and I think well I say to the girl like well like do you have any like smaller rings and normally I don't have that problem I've got some pretty chunky fingers like and so normally it's not a problem but the rings were all too big and she says to me oh no these rings they're for the men and I said well do you have any rings for females she goes no no just for the men and I thought that's very sexist but anyway um and but I have all these rings in my hand and and I said do all the rings say the same thing and she goes no no every ring different and I said okay and I have two rings in my hand and, I, and I, I put one down and I hand one to her and I said, what does this ring say? And she says, she says, this ring says, I'm for my lover and my lover is for me. And I thought, okay. And I, and I get the ring and I, and I take it. Well, there's the little box. Um, and, I, and I take it home. And then... There always comes a point in the story where, like, you've done everything you can do. You know, I was on this evidence hunt for, like, what God was doing in my life. And I kept going, you know what, God, I'm going to keep partnering with you. I'm going to keep moving in the opposite spirit, no matter how it feels, no matter what it looks like. And I remember, like, one day just, like, just having God say to me, you've done everything you can do just rest in what I've said to you and you know sometimes God will say do this and you'll say okay I'm going to try and do that and sometimes God will say do this and your heart will just say okay and I remember God saying just rest in what I've said to you and and in my heart me saying okay and I went home that afternoon and two hours later I was checking my email and there was an email there um, from someone I didn't know and it said, you don't know me, but two years ago, I saw you at your church and you smiled at me and I've remembered it ever since. I don't even live in the same city as you anymore. But if you would like to, I would love to take you on a date. And I just sat there and I thought, I remember just crying and thinking, God, you told me it was in the mail. <laughs> you said it was in the mail and I'm looking at this email here and I feel the presence of God on it. And I got the email and I was like, I know this guy's my husband. And so I did what any good girl does. And I looked him up on Facebook. (laughs) And he was tall. He was 6'2 and he had dark hair and he worked for government. And he had such a soft heart towards God. And the thing that I found is he had a very soft heart towards me. And and that week we began to talk and... And I asked him what his favourite city was. And he said, my favourite city in the whole world is London. And I, and I thought, London at Christmas. And, I, and, and so I thought, just to test God, I'm going to ask what his favourite colour is. And if he says teal, I'm going to lose my mind. And I said, what's your favourite colour? And he said, navy. And I was like, what? Like, no. And, 
And then I felt like God say to me, no, but your favourite colour is yellow. And I was like, oh. And I, and I Google search what you get if you mix navy and yellow and you get teal, which might be a bit extreme, but I thought it was cute. So that week, you know, he asks me out and he says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you on a date next weekend. And we begin talking and I feel so much joy and so much peace and so much of the presence of God like I'd never felt before. And, and then all of a sudden this old disappointment comes and it says, but your experience is that he doesn't turn up and your experience is that somebody else comes and like he ends up dating somebody else before he ever gets the chance to take you on a date. And in my heart, I just went, you know what? I'm just not partnering with that because the promise of God is good no matter what. Whether this works out or whether it doesn't, the promise of God is good. And I began to sit down that week and I began to write out just words to a song like, which sometimes I've found for me, like if I can't say it and I can't pray it anymore, I can always sing it. And I began to write out, I would have lost heart had I not believed, you know, all the plans you have for me. I would have lost heart had I not resolved. There's no good thing that you withhold. You know, I begin to write out this, this song that says, you write a beautiful story. You write a beautiful story from glory to glory. And the funny thing is, is that, you know, this song ends up like finding its way in, onto a project and people always think it's about like, our story but it's actually about like the promise of God that before the story even was like outworked the story was already set in stone in heaven so I can write out words like all the while you keep saying trust that I'm custom making everything for good because God has said it so God will follow through with it we'll fast forward to six months later and and Joram proposes and I'm telling you, like, if you wait on God and you wait for God to do what He said He would do in your life, there is always such a divine acceleration. Because um, six months doesn't feel very long. <laughs> um, but, you know, one of the things, I, I always wanted to be surprised and I didn't want to be someone who, like, micromanaged my, like, my ring choice because I, I wasn't that particular. And um, I remember... You know, my friend's trying to speak into it with Joran and, and Joran just saying, no, I got this. Like, I don't need your help. What a legend. Um, and I remember he, he got down on one knee and he proposed and he opened the box and, and I couldn't believe it because there was the ring, the ring that he proposed with was the one that I'd taken a photo of years before that I hadn't shown anyone. The only person that knew was God. I forgot to wear the ring today. I'm sorry. <laughs> But it was exactly the same ring and I thought only God can only God can line up the pieces like that. Like and this wasn't just like a I mean this was an art deco ring that was it's it's a super unique ring. It doesn't look like anyone else's ring. And I thought only God, only God would have the memory to like to see this and like I hadn't shown anyone else. And I thought, how beautiful is that? And then I remember as we're getting we're getting married, Joran says, Hey, you know that ring you bought in Israel? can I try it on? And I said, yeah. And, and the ring I bought in Israel that said, I'm my beloved's and he's mine ended up being his ring. And then when we got engaged, somebody gave us um, over 100,000 like airline points and sent us to London for Christmas. Angel rang up who makes bespoke suits and said, this is such a custom-made story. It seems only right that you get you have a custom-made suit. An angel made Joran a suit that cost more than the whole wedding. <laughs> and the beautiful thing is that while in the midst of it all, like when I 
When I thought even like that, nobody was paying attention to the details. God was paying attention to every single detail. That, you know, the interesting thing is that my name is Mia, like Mia Fields, which means my field and Joran's name means farmer. And isn't it just like God to orchestrate a farmer and a field together because like a farmer and a farmer and a field need each other. They find their, their purpose like walking it out together. And so the band can come. I don't know what you're believing for today and I don't know what, you, what area you've lost hope in. It doesn't have to be like, oh, like a, maybe it is a husband you're believing for. Maybe it's a, like a wife. Maybe it's like the right career. Maybe it's the right job opportunity. Maybe it's the right friendships. I don't know what it is you're believing for this morning. But if there's anything that I want to share with you this morning, it's that like if your story isn't beautiful yet, then it's going to be. Because God only writes one kind of story and it is redemptive and it is beautiful and it is glorious and it looks a whole lot like Him and it has you in mind. It has your heart in mind. And I really, I really felt like this morning that God wanted to deal with three things. Because before you can like even begin to hear what God is doing. And before you can begin to have that moment where you say, God, let me in on your plan. God, I trust you, but what are you doing? He has to remove some things in your life. And I felt like God wanted to deal with three things this morning and and like supernaturally take it away. Not where you have to walk it out for years and years and years, but where God just wants to do a supernatural this morning, um, supernatural work this morning. And that is in the area of delay. If you feel like there has been a massive delay on like the promise of God in your life, um, if there has been like a great disappointment where you feel like you don't know how to see without the filter of disappointment. And the third thing is, um, if there's been a, an area where you're like, I just, I always doubt what God is doing. There is a massive like, there's something in me that just like second guesses. Um, I want to pray for that this morning. Um, the beautiful thing about 18, you know, I said I look up the numbers for years because I love like the numbers for years. And the beautiful thing about the number 18 and 2018 is 18, <clears throat> 18 in the Bible is the number for new beginnings. And I really believe that God wants to do some things this morning where you get to have a new beginning, where the thing that was delayed begins to get accelerated in such a divine pace that like you don't even have framework for it. Where like those of you that have been disappointed, where every other year has ended in disappointment, God wants to do like that and more this year. With those of you that have second guessed it, God wants to like increase your gift of faith. So with um, every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you this morning, I just want you to raise your hands to heaven. And we're just going to pray. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you are the one that writes the story more beautifully than anyone could. So right now, would you meet with every heart? Would you begin to just pull out the things that don't belong? Lord God, where there is delay, would you begin to like pull that away, God? And pull away every obstacle that has created delay. Where there is disappointment, would you begin to just breathe your healing power onto it, God? And where there is doubt, God, I pray that you would stir up such a gift of faith, God. Such a, such a, a convincing, God, of like what you're doing, God. That like there wouldn't be nothing that could come against it, nothing that could stop it, God. 
I thank you, God, that what you're doing, God, is it's, it's anchored in a new beginning, God. It's anchored in a new day. It's anchored in new mercy, God. And I pray, God, for every story in this room, God, that there would be like a full stop, God. Lord God, that there would be like a new chapter, God, that there would be uh, um, something new you're doing, a new theme, God, a new plot line, God. Lord God, the thing that has been long awaited, God, that you would begin to accelerate it this morning, God. Lord, that we would look back on today, God, and that the story for us, God, would start in this chapter, anchored in this chapter. Lord God, hearing a testimony and believing for our own, God. I pray that you would release what only you can release in the room. Do what only you can do, Jesus. And right now, God, even as we wait on you, that you would begin to speak to every heart, God, and let us in on your plan. Thank you for listening to this message. We pray it bless you greatly. Please visit us at www.colonialchurch.life for more.